Vasudevasutam devam tansu januramardanam devaki paramanandam krishnam vannev jagat guram Hi and welcome to Geeta Girl. My name is Sharmila and the Geeta Girl podcast is about how to live skillfully and be your best self by using the advice in the Bhagavad Gita. Today's podcast is about the universally prescribed tool for managing anxiety, which is also universally underestimated and honestly rarely used, and that is meditation. We all know about it. We all know that the benefits have been scientifically proven. We all have access to great meditation videos on YouTube and apps like Calm and Headspace. We all have access to great classes in person and online, yet we just don't do it. Today we're going to discuss why we don't meditate and what Lord Krishna says about that. My co-pilot today is Shayla, Jesse Krishna Shayla. Jesse Krishna Sharmila, I am exceptionally excited about this podcast. If you hear any scratching sounds, it's because I'm furiously taking notes because meditation is something that like you said, I know all about its benefits and why it's so good and why I should do it. I've read the articles, I've downloaded the Calm app. And I know that it would benefit me as somebody who has anxiety, but it's not a habit that I have adopted as yet. And I need to, and I'm hoping to get additional inspiration from this podcast to do it. All of our listeners, we can form a support group for each other and really help each other form this really great habit. Firstly, let's talk about reasons why we don't meditate. Okay. Very valid reasons. I've heard them all from myself included. Um, it's boring. It's difficult. It's free. So how useful or effective can it really be? My favorite that I hear all the time, I didn't get time today. I didn't get time this week. I didn't get time this month. I didn't get time this century. I just don't have time. I'm raising my hand because that is me. It's absolutely not true, but um, but that's the excuse I give myself. I don't have time. Yeah. Does it really work? Um, I don't enjoy meditating. That's another great excuse. I don't enjoy meditating. It's not fun. And the best excuse of all, I just don't want to. It's not for me. A lot of people think that it's just like this crazy Eastern philosophy thing and, you know, only people who wear crystals and yeah. you know, do it. Hipp- I mean, it's like hippies and braids. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Hippies and braids. That's right? right. So why do we have all these excuses? You and me included, Shayla. Why do we have all these excuses when the evidence that meditation undeniably works and has been documented to work It's all available at the touch of a button with a simple Google search. We have time to binge watch Netflix, every single latest show. (laughs) I'm just thinking about the Bridgerton series that I just (laughs) finished watching. For those of you who saw our last Instagram post, there's a nod to it there. Of course, we all have time to do all that fun stuff, right? But we don't have time to meditate. And this is a documented phenomenon. Okay, this phenomenon 
of, I have all these excuses for not meditating. It's well documented. And Ramana Maharishi said in a very famous quote that asking the mind to quiet the mind is like asking the thief to be the policeman. What that means is that the lower subconscious ruminating obsessive part of our mind right now is in control of our minds. It likes ruminating. Yes. It likes running completely wild, torturing us, making sure we do nothing but listen to it and kind of get lost in those ruminations. It likes it. It's very powerful. And so our lower mind knows that right now it controls us. It also knows that through meditation, we can control our lower mind, control the ruminations, and take control over our thoughts. So our lower mind sees that meditation is a threat to its dominance over us, and it doesn't want to relinquish power over us. So what our lower mind does is it deliberately makes up excuses for us not to meditate. It sees that the end is nigh. Right. And it's like, nope, I'm going to make up these excuses. So it does everything in its power to make up any and every excuse it can to stop us from meditating. It's a phenomenon that has been well-documented by many rishis, sages, yogis, famous meditators. This is so amazing because we often think that our mind is always going to do what's best for us, right? You know, we just make this assumption. I mean, it's hard to believe this, right? It's hard to believe that your mind is trying to... Sabotage. Sabotage you, exactly. Like your own mind is trying to sabotage you. Um, But understanding that, I think, understanding this and that it's something that's been demonstrated and shown to be true really underscores the importance of putting in the work to subvert it because it's putting in a lot of work to make sure that you don't. Right. Right. And convincing work. Right. It's very, Absolutely. very sneaky. I'm yeah. this is not working. That's mm-hmm. also my favorite excuse for myself. Like, Oh, this is just, I, uh, I've sat here for two minutes and I can't focus. Like this is never going to work, you know? <laughs> and nothing that is difficult is going to work in two minutes. You can't, like you've said this before, you can't run a marathon the first day you walk out of the house without having ever run before. This is no different. This is like building a muscle and building a skill. So now we know that we need to push through the excuses and just do it. Just show up and just do it. Even if you start for 30 seconds, five breaths, and just make a practice of it. So we have a mini pod on meditation, a 15 minute mini pod, which we recorded in 2020. Of our first, yes. And it explains in detail the meditation technique in the Bhagavad Gita, which is a formal sitting practice, what it is, how to do it. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> I was like, wow. We hit it out of the park the first time out. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is good. <laughs> Meditation has so many forms, okay? You can Google that. You don't need us for that. 
But why meditate, right? So there's 18 chapters of the Gita. One out of the 18, an entire chapter of the Bhagavad Gita is devoted to meditation. That's how important it is. And why is it important? We are all taking time to produce this podcast, to listen to this podcast in order to practice the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, right? Absolutely. That's why we're here. Lord Krishna says in chapter six that our minds are in a constant state of agitation. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but our minds are always agitated to a certain extent. And we are enslaved by endless desires, endless ruminations, spinning constantly, overwhelmed constantly by our own thoughts and misperceptions. In the Gita, Arjun says, in chapter 6, he says to Krishna, wait, 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 wait. All the stuff you're talking about, especially equanimity, I can't wrap my brain around how I'm going to do it because it's so difficult and the mind is as difficult to control and as turbulent as the wind. How do we control it? Right. And Krishna says, the mind is without doubt unsteady and difficult to curb. You're right. In chapter 6, verse 36, Krishna says, putting into practice any of the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita is difficult without the mind being in control. And the only way for the mind to be in control is to meditate. We're here because we all know that the only way to be happy, peaceful, and free of sorrow is to practice the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita. But the only way to practice any teaching of the Bhagavad Gita, the only way to actually put it into practice is to meditate. Without meditation, you don't have what it takes to put into practice any of the teachings. Last weekend was Hanuman Jayanti and Krishna Das, my favorite, had this Hanuman Jayanti program and I was listening to it. And he said, the highest states of consciousness to access your higher self and actually be a better version and more evolved version of yourself, the highest states of consciousness cannot be brought about by just will. He says, you cannot will yourself to be a better version of yourself. He says, you have to meditate. He said, without meditation, forget it. I mean, it's hard to hear that you can't just will yourself, right? We all think we're smart people. We listen to this podcast. We read a lot of self-help books. I should just be able to make it happen. But like everything else we've been talking about, it takes work. But the foundational tool to do all of it is meditation. At least you know what it is. I mean, (laughs) I feel like there's some real gift here in knowing what the tool is, right? You know what it is. And now you just have to take the first few steps and do it. And it also explains to me why so many people I know have so much knowledge and are so brilliant and they don't apply it. They don't because they can't because they're not meditating. Right. Right. Um, So Krishna Das said, it's easy to think we understand the higher path. He goes, oh, it's easy to think we understand the higher path and how to behave. He said, but at the first trigger, we kick the dog. 
<laughs> you said, you know, it's great to have all this knowledge and then you get triggered. And at the first trigger, all our knowledge goes out the window and we're back to behaving unconsciously. It's so true because in times of calm and when you're happy, you know, like right now I'm on vacation while we're recording this yeah. podcast and it's really easy for me to be on my best behavior. It's really easy for me to not be anxious. I don't have my regular life challenges facing me. And it's really easy to feel like, I got this. Who needs to meditate? And then when you actually get back into the real world, and just like you said, something triggers you, something difficult, something challenging comes your way, and you fall back on your instincts. But I think the practice of meditation, if you practice it long enough, it becomes your instinct. You just have to get to that point. Absolutely. We need focus and concentration to be able to act consciously. And our concentration is pretty weak, even at the best of times, let alone when we're triggered. Meditation gives us the ability to stay calm, focus, and be clear in difficult circumstances. It's like building up our bank account of calm so that we can tap into it when we need to, rather than reactivity being our go-to mindset, which is where most of us, quite frankly, are right now. That makes so much sense. So Sadhguru has this great quote. He said, when things go wrong is when you show who you really are. When things are going well, everyone can pretend to be fantastic. <laughs> Amen, Sadhguru. <laughs> <laughs> Another verse from the Gita I'd like to talk about. It's one of my favorites and I didn't understand it for a long time, but it still resonated with me even though I didn't understand it. And now as I'm teaching more and deepening my understanding. Chapter 12, verse 12. Lord Krishna says that knowledge is important. Knowledge is really important. More important than knowledge is meditation. Very interesting. Why, why is that? He says knowledge is great, so important, right? But we can only apply the knowledge if we meditate. Without meditation, without being able to apply the knowledge, the knowledge just stays in our mind as knowledge. That's really interesting because I, I don't think that I even thought of that until now. Like I have been practicing or trying to practice a lot of the values and things that we've been talking about here. Do your best, leave the rest, equanimity. And amazing. Um, all great stuff. All great, all great stuff. And, all great knowledge. But it's sort of clicking with me now that it's true. It's only partially effective because my mind sometimes still is sort of jumbled, still frenetic at times. And it's hard to be your best self. It's hard to make the best decisions because you don't necessarily have, I don't necessarily have that space to be intentional or be thoughtful because I don't have clarity of mind. And so just hearing now that meditation is that bridge from knowledge to action is really profound. I see how that is true. I see how a quiet mind to be able to make deliberate 
thoughtful actions that we talk about in the Gita can only be done when you have the space to do that without having a cluttered mind. I love what you said, Shayla. That's very clever that meditation is the bridge between knowledge and action. I have been studying the Gita for the last 20 years, and I can tell you when I'm triggered, I'm a raving lunatic. And I remember nothing. I think anybody, even if you don't have anxiety, if you have anxious moments or challenging moments, you know how you have almost tunnel vision. Like you just can't focus on anything else. Like you're just in that moment. And not just clearly you make poor decisions because you just are, your mind is like racing with negative thoughts. And it's not just anxiety. It's anger too. For me, it's not just anxiety. It's anger. I can't think straight um, Right. when I'm triggered. And sometimes I just look back at what seemed so logical in that moment. I'm like, how did I say that? And it seemed so logical and so true. And the minute I've calmed down, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh, that was bad. (laughs) My bad. I have to apologize. Yes, because you made a decision or said some things in the heat of the moment. All of us have had those moments or been on the receiving end of those moments. But it wouldn't be great karmically if we didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And now we know how we've said this before. And I'll say this is reflective of my own experience, like knowing and doing our two different things. But this is a big first step. A big first step is understanding that, hey, here's this tool that can give you the kind of mind that you want to be able to make the decisions and make the choices you want to be able to live the kind of life you want. And here's that tool. It's meditation. And now it's about just doing it. Right. You got to do it. I have been dealing with anxiety for years and I used to have frequent panic attacks. I didn't Um, know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad for a while. And it sort of ebbs and flows. And I went to a therapist for a long time. And then she recommended a meditation class. And I found a meditation class specifically for people who suffer from anxiety. And I did it twice. And it was really wonderful. And I think one of the things my therapist taught me when dealing with anxiety was the benefit of quieting your mind and the benefit of not like allowing your thoughts to roam too far into the future or all of the horrible things that can happen just to kind of control your thoughts a little bit better and to also be okay with sitting in in an uncomfortable place. And I think meditation gives you the tools to do all of that. It gives you the tools to you know, quiet your mind. It is the tool to help you sit in the moment. And it also gives you the tools to being okay, being uncomfortable, because all of it will pass. Enjoy the happy moment, experience it, enjoy it, let it go, because it's not necessarily going to be reflective of your next moment. And the same is true with a negative time. Experience that negative moment. It's not going to be there forever. Be okay being uncomfortable with it. And it will pass. You know, during COVID, some of those anxious thoughts and those panicky kind of moments are revisiting me and and I need to start doing meditation again. So I'm actually also reflecting on what do I need to do 
again to start building back that foundation of being able to manage um, the anxiety a bit more. But I do from when I was practicing and I sort of fell off the wagon and will be starting up again soon or immediately um, is the very basic idea of just kind of sitting with whatever thoughts come to your mind and being okay with it and not judging it. Because I think a lot of times people with anxiety that you get so mad at yourself, you're so frustrated with yourself Mm -hmm. for feeling anxiety at that moment. And it really only makes it worse instead of just kind of accepting those thoughts and then just letting them move on and trying to refocus. It's so interesting to me that you experienced such great benefits with your meditation practice in managing your anxiety, and yet you still fell off the meditation wagon. It's so common, even when we experience the benefits and see improvement in our lives, to fall off the wagon. But all that matters is you get back on and you start practicing again. Absolutely. Shayla, you mentioned sometimes when we feel anxiety or when we fall off the wagon, we get frustrated with ourselves. And Lord Krishna addresses this issue of getting frustrated. And he says that we need to practice with dispassion. Dispassion means not getting frustrated at yourself. To accept that we are all a work in progress and that's okay. Frustration is just another form of self-sabotage. Right. And I hear from people, I never really got to that point, but I hear from people who've been doing meditation for a long time um, that if you practice it long enough, you do get better and better at quieting those thoughts and train your mind to focus on something else. And training your mind that it's just thoughts. Right. That's the hardest thing, right? I have a t-shirt that I wear when I teach children meditation, and it says, don't believe everything you think. Oh, wow. That is deeply profound, actually. It sounds so simple, but it's so profound. Yeah, we buy into whatever we're thinking as a statement of fact, and it's not. Absolutely. Most of our thoughts are just just thoughts. They're just delusions based on our misconceptions. That's so true. And I think, you know, your anxious mind can start going down this rabbit hole of worse and worse thoughts. And you're right, you do believe them. You think that the worst is going to happen or the worst is happening. And it's true. Those thoughts are not necessarily reflective of the truth. More times than not, they're they're absolutely not reflective of the truth. It's just your mind, you know, um, I want to say playing tricks on you, but playing tricks on you, your mind does play tricks on you, a hundred percent plays tricks on you. Right. Right. My dad used to say that when I had anxiety, I still have anxiety. It started as a child. And my dad used to tell me, Sharmila, your mind is playing tricks on you. It's so true. It really is. And I think once you realize that, then I feel like you can control it a little bit more because you realize it's not reflective of the truth that this horrible thing is not happening to either now or even in the future. And one of the lessons from the Gita is that even if something bad happens, you have the tools to deal with it. Like you have the strength to manage it. And so that should lessen your anxiety as well. Meditation is that tool to controlling your thoughts a little bit more 
allowing them to be fleeting and not dwell on them. Um, and I think that is the key to managing anxiety is to just let go of those thoughts and give yourself the ability to quiet your mind. And Krishna says that only with a quiet mind will you have the brain space to utilize any of the teachings of the Gita. I think people who have anxiety will say their mind is racing. You feel like you're drowning. Yeah, you feel like you're drowning. There's all these thoughts coming at you so quickly and so fast, and it feels overwhelming. And you're right. At that time, you don't have the space to be able to think clearly or focus on what you've learned in the Gita or focus on much else. But through meditation, you can quiet that tidal wave. So it's a light, small little... A little ripple. A little ripple, exactly. So I just want to talk really quickly about, like I said, we have a mini pod, plug for our mini pod on meditation. It's only 15 minutes and walks you through the meditation technique that Lord Krishna recommends in the Bhagavad Gita, but there are many, many different types of meditation. Do whatever works for you. Just do it. You can do walking meditations. We talked about in our last podcast, you can do compassion meditation. You can do mindful awareness, which is another form of meditation. Just Google it and you will find a plethora of different techniques. One of them is going to be something that you feel you can start with. And I just want to share a few really helpful meditation tips Lord Krishna gives us in Chapter 6 of the Bhagavad Gita. Lord Krishna says meditation must be practiced with determination, with an unwearied mind, ceaselessly striving, little by little, ceaseless practice. He's setting our expectations. What he's saying here is that we should expect that meditation involves determination and consistent, regular practice. He also says your practice should be balanced. Meditation, yes, it's a practice, but your lifestyle needs to be regulated. Regulated in diet, recreation, action. Don't sleep too much or too little. Don't eat too much or too little. Don't exercise too much or too little. He says keep a balance even in your practice, and that way it's sustainable. Can you imagine? 5,000 years ago, he was talking about sustainable practices. And I like how it's saying that you have to make all these different healthy choices for yourself throughout the day and throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And meditation is a critical part of that, but it's in, in a lot of the decisions that you make. And lastly, this is something that always blows my students' minds. It's a couple of verses my dad put me on to when I was much younger. Chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Lord Krishna says, basically, it's all on you. He says, let a man or woman lift himself by himself. For you alone are your best friend and you alone are your worst enemy. For the person who has conquered his lower ruminating self, you're your best friend. For the person who has not conquered this lower ruminating self, you're your own biggest enemy. And I just think that is brilliant. Brilliant. And what an excellent way to end this podcast because it's the truth. And so now... 
We just need to go forth and do it. Meditate, y'all. <laughs> Meditate, y'all. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> My Tennessee roots. <laughs> that was excellent. I learned a lot. I have some homework to do. So that is a wrap. Thank you all so much for joining us this season. This was the last podcast of season three. And hopefully you all picked up a lot of tools that will help with anxiety and stress. And until our season four starts, we hope that you continue to practice as we will continue to practice all that we've talked about. Um, as always, please find us on Instagram at Geet the Girl Podcast. Find us on Facebook and join our Facebook group at Geet the Girl Podcast. Check out our website at geetthegirl.com and tell all your friends about our podcast. Um, Please check out the mini podcast we have on meditation. It's just 15 minutes. And as we said earlier, it's really good. Absolutely. And thank you again for joining us as always. And we look forward to continuing on this journey with you next season. Jesse Krishna. Jesse Krishna. Janura Mardanam, Devaki Paramarandam, Krishnam Vandev Jagat Guram.